Hello, good morning and welcome to episode 14, what a big number, of Straight Talking English. I am your host, Catherine. As ever, I'll remind you that I am a qualified English teacher and I am talking you through the poems in the anthology both halves, love and relationships, and power and conflict. I was going to do letters from Yorkshire that I promised last time, but I have had a request to do sing song. So we are going to dash into sing song, leave letters from Yorkshire to a bit later. Let's face it, they're all the way up in Yorkshire. They're not going anywhere. Now, I'll be honest, sing song is not a poem I like, and I've been really nervous about covering it, purely because... I am aware that I am white British. Well, I'm aware of that whenever I look in the mirror or hear my own voice. And I'm always nervous about touching poems that are supposed to be read in an accent or poems that deal with race with race purely because I'm aware that my perspective on it is not the perspective that everyone else holds and I am of course coming from a position of privilege. The way the poem is written similar to Zephaniah or Agard is written so it's designed to be read in an accent or you're almost forced to do an accent in order to read it properly. I'll tell you what I mean. In fact, I'll show you what I mean. I run just one of my daddy's shops from nine o'clock to nine o'clock. And he want me not to have a break. But with nobody in, I do the lock. Because up the stairs is my newly bride. We share in chapati, we share in the chutney. After we had made love like we rowing through Putney. When I return... With my penny untied, the shoppers always point and cry. Hey, Sing, where you been? Your lemons are limes. Your bananas are plantain. This dirty little floor need a little bit of mop. In the worst Indian shop on the whole Indian road. Above my head, high heel tap the ground. As my wife on the web is playing with the mouse. When she netting to cat on her seagull of a sight, she booked them for the meat. At the cheese of her price. My bride. She effing at my mum in all the colours of Punjabi. Then stumble like a drunk making fun at my daddy. My bride. Tiny eyes of a gun. And the dummy of a teddy. My bride. She have a red crew cut. And she wear a tartan sari. A donkey jacket and some pumps. On the squeak of the girls that are pinching my sweeties. When I return from the tickle of my bride, the shoppers always point and cry. Hey, Singh, where you been? The milk is out of date and the bread is always stale. The things you have on offer, you have never got in stock. In the worst Indian shop, on the whole Indian road. Late in the midnight hour, when the shoppers are wrap up quiet, when the precinct is concrete cool, we come down whispering stairs and sit on my silver stool. From behind the chocolate bars, we stare past the half-price window signs at the beaches of the UK in the brighty moon. From the stool each night she say, how much do you charge for that moon, baby? From the stool each night I say, is half the cost of you, baby? From the stool each night she say, how much does that come to, baby? From the stool each night I say, is priceless, baby? Oh, the ending is sweet, though, isn't it? That reading is, of course, done by Daljit Nagra, the poet. 
he doesn't actually talk like that. He is his accent is far more neutral, and he's doing it in order to convey this impression of character. Again, reading it, listening to it, I was still a bit like, um, not quite sure how to touch this without going into like goodness gracious me style territory, which in itself is a little bit problematic now. But determined, determined as I am, I got an interview. Well, I listened to an interview with the poet and it actually all makes a lot more sense now. Listen to this. I think in Britain there seems to be a stereotype that all Indians are shopkeepers or doctors or lawyers. And for me, my parents were shopkeepers and I wanted to write sing song to celebrate that rather than be embarrassed about that. And it was kind of two things really. Either kind of pretend that's not really happening or write about, you know, Indians as being, you know, astronauts or whatever, or just actually go via the stereotype. I just want to capture a very ordinary situation. I think of the first generation Indians that came to Britain, people like my family. My parents were giving you know, vouchers to come over for free to work here in the 24-hour factories along the underground. And it's not a sort of job you imagine yourself doing to 65, retiring on. You probably wouldn't survive because it's such hard work. So the aspiration or the ambition for a lot of my parents' generation was to become independent. And the best way to become independent was to buy your own shop. Try writing about an Indian who's a shopkeeper in an Indian accent could imply that I'm making fun of my character. But hopefully people can see through that and see through their own prejudices. The issue for me was, it was always kind of racialized. the Indian accent. It was always made fun of on telly. And to me, there's nothing wrong with the Indian voice. I'm quite excited by the idea of making the reader have to read the poem in the Indian accent and have to deal with it. Um, and hopefully... Um, the, the reader feels that, you know, there's nothing wrong with the accent. It's a type, another type of English. And hopefully they enjoy putting their mouth through those words and, and feel kind of um, that they're experiencing a slightly different type of music to what they normally experience when reading a poem. I think when I was writing this poem, I was trying to offer an affectionate portrayal of the characters um, in, in that I liked Mr Singh. I liked kind of what he was about. I liked the fact that he didn't really care about his shop, that he put love before business. Uh, and also I was kind of very aware that you don't really get love poems, happy love poems in English poetry. They tend to be quite moody or, or you know, or grim because someone's died. And you suddenly realise, like Thomas Hardy, you suddenly realise... You're in love with that person. That's kind of the classic English poem. So I decided to write a kind of love poem in the end, but put it into a shop context. So what we're basically saying is, I have completely fallen into the trap of being afraid to read it. You know what, I'm actually quite happy in that trap. I am not going to be wrapping my gums around this, but we are going to focus on the language, because this is a very different one. As our poet said... It is a happy one, and there are moments of happiness in other poems. For example, Sonnet 29, she is happy being the vines around the palm tree. Winter swans, they do end up happy. But in terms of expressing pure joy, this is the only one that's got it, so it's a bit of a standout. The title itself is really interesting. Sing, S-I-N-G-H, is a traditional Sikh surname. But obviously it sounds like 
sing as in la 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 it's a pun so sing where you been it's got this like musical rhythm to it but it also gives a sense of ownership because this is the song of Mr. Sing. This is Sing's song. Sing song. It gives us a little musical tone to it. And Sing song, it's innocent. It's like children doing their little rhymes. I really enjoy it. Even though this is our happy poem, we have got our conflict as well. It starts off on this tone that his dad is making him work these 12-hour days. Okay, fair enough. We've instantly got the conflict within the family. We've got the nice little dash for interruption, reflecting the fact when no one's in, he locks it. So, interrupt the day, lock it. A nice comparison, actually, would be if I could do both halves of the poem, both halves of the anthology, sorry, in one concise lump because people study one or the other but what he's doing is very similar to what Benjamin's not Benjamin Zephaniah I'm thinking of my wrong poems John Agard does in checking out my history in terms of using a dialect using informal grammar using this different type of English almost to reclaim this identity and make it noteworthy in Agard's poem he uses it to make a point about the cultural identity and, like, reclaiming that for himself. I like the idea that Daljit Nagra, when he spells of, O-V, and V-E-N, then, I like it. He's claiming this character, who everyone else might ignore as just being, like, that dude in the shop, as actually being a person in his own right. Honestly, I do feel a bit bad about all the times that I've, like, not really noticed people when you go into shops mostly even though like my corner shop next to my old flat had the most spectacular soundtrack like I don't know where they found Tamil language rock but it was an experience man every time you go in we've got the enjambment well kind of an enjambment with cos up these stairs is my newly bride I like it we've got the bride rather than necessarily my wife he calls her my bride a lot more so we're assuming it's this fresh relationship and they have their love they have their lunch together repetition of v share linking back to this idea that it's a song the sing song but of course repetition is used to make the main idea of a text memorable obvious and highlighted so it's the sharing that's coming through in the second stanza as being the most important honestly that simile partly the reason I had to get that reading was the absolute gusto he says we have made love like the rowing through Putney oh my gosh seriously if you google the clip I got that interview from which is on the BBC website the guy's face Daljit Nagra's face as he said it it's pure pride this poor put upon dude gets to have a moment of happiness he gets to have something he's proud of the simile is used to create a direct comparison so the uh i just think about how to put this the shoulder back and groin 
action required in rowing and the exertion is what is implied and he actually does the movements in the video proper noun putney in proper noun implies prior knowledge so person reading this will know putney on the river river people row and we've got the other dash to just bookend that to make it clear that this is this short break is this honeymoon phase he just can't keep away from her like short interruption do the shop go downstairs go upstairs sorry up these stairs upstairs is his missus they make love like they're rowing through Putney honestly that's gonna ruin it every time I get a train through Putney station back downstairs to work funny though some of the colloquialisms like pinny instead of pinafore it does present this quite sweet impression of him and we've got the shopper's reaction you know your lemons are limes everything is all full but he just bounces off him he like don't care the reason that's conveyed or the way the poets conveyed it is through the colon after cry the shoppers and their reaction have a fundamental separation from him now. One in, one idea, colon, second idea. Repetition as well, in the worst Indian shop on the whole Indian road. I like that. We're back to this sing-song theme, the melodious quality, where he's repeating these key lines. It also shows a separation in the sense like the Indian road. Um, So I'm just trying to think. Street by my flat, we've got a number of Indian-run businesses. And I wouldn't dare to assume that everyone's from the same town or same place. And it's just this block that's called India. The only one I know is we also have a Nepalese takeaway around the corner. So I'm assuming the people who live and work there are from Nepal. Anyone else, I wouldn't dare to say what part of the subcontinent they're from. So the people coming into the shop are just like... Indian people not noticing you but actually the whole story is going on in the background it's this physical separation as well between downstairs and upstairs but above my head high heel tap the ground high heel got our alliteration showing urgency he wants to be upstairs with her he cannot wait to be back upstairs this childish quality is really sweet actually the vibe i get is that he's the child in the family he's like the young the youngest son all the colors are so bright and it gives this childish impression he says sweeties he has teddy he says teddy he is he comes across as being yeah very childlike but it could be like this teenage infatuation these flushes of his teenage love again it's sweet i don't really get the seek lover site and the cat thing and the revision notes that i sometimes use for my scripting say it's very ambiguous which means no one blooming knows but i think the seek lover site is she makes like a dating site for seek people i don't know like find a nice seek.com or something but we've got the pun again mouse cat does he mean like you know hey cool cats this childish punning is coming through is just kind of blind and kind of amused by the fact that sometimes I don't think she seems very nice 
My bride, she effing at my mum in all the colours of Punjabi, then stumble like a drunk, making fun at my daddy. Again, proper noun, Punjabi. He's assuming that we have some familiarity with names of Indian languages. He assumes we've got this connection. But honestly, I think if I was dating someone and they swore at my mum and then started doing rude impressions of my dad, I probably wouldn't like them that much. She's got the tiny eyes of a gun. It's this like dangerous, threatening look in her eyes, but she's still soft and cuddly. And from that reading, I do like, is she that nice? But then again, she's unconventional. She's got a red crew cut, she wears tartan, donkey jacket, pumps. From the appearance, I that's pretty good look, actually. Crew cut, think the extreme pixie cut, David Bowie in his heyday. Tartan, donkey jacket as well. These are traditionally 1970s punk-looking items. Think Sex Pistols, think Vivian Westwood. She's between two cultures. She's got the punk look, the punk aesthetic, and she's still got her sari. Might be the conflict with the family, actually. If the mum is expecting her speak Punjabi but she is clearly some kind of punk chick. There is this conflict but Mr Singh is completely blind to this. He's talking about squeaking and sweeties and the tickle of me bride and I don't think it's the innocent kind of tickling here peeps. He just takes this soft, sweet love for her, this devotion. Another dash as we're going through, signifying the change in tone, the change in time, the change in location, interrupt, this separate, this flicking to and fro. It just seems to go with his activity. He must be run, like run, overrun with customers. The repetition as well of then I return, and then, hey, sing, where you been? It is this, like, the chorus of this song, the central image of this being a song. It's lovely. It's argued that she appears quite aggressive and masculine. Um, even though she's wearing a sari, the donkey jacket is traditionally a thing that dudes wear. I used to have one, but it got too big for me and I had to give it away. But think like a Harrington jacket, the, the black bomber tartan inside. It's also linked to his conflict he has between his work and himself as well. The fact he is quite, like, ignored. Poor little dude. Got the juxtaposition between two images put together put together to make a point things are changing time moves forwards it goes from this frantic activity dashes customer shouting effing and blinding in Punjabi to the calm bit at the end late in midnight when you shoppers are wrapped up quiet personal pronoun direct address when you're gone when you're ruining it when the precinct is concrete cool nice it might be the alliteration to show urgency but the urgency is in his enjoyment of this single moment we come down whispering stairs personified sweet secret intimacy the silver stool from behind the chocolate bars we stare past the half price window signs both dreaming of something better we look beyond 
the like 50% off on your lemons, limes, bananas and plantain or whatever. And they're dreaming together at the beaches of the UK into Brighty Moon. Brighty is another interesting one because on one hand it's his childishness again. Bright, oh it's a brighty night. But it's deliberately a pun on blighty, like the nickname for the UK. I kind of see that as being like, kind of like an oral history kind of thing. So I, I can imagine his family moving and being like, where are we going? Oh, blighty, but then saying it wrong. It kind of, it's just this like sweet affection. And from the stall each night, they've got this relationship sustaining them through their conflicts that they're experiencing. It's special. The lines at the end, much like it is a song, each night it seems almost ritualised their enjoyment of this one thing together and the lines are a bit corny they're stupid but these two people are taking so much pleasure from them I oh I do I feel quite I feel quite affectionate towards them both bless them how much do you charge for the moon half the cost of you how much does that come to priceless oh the finishing on the dash again it's just a single little moment that they're going to be able to snatch He's so sweet. First flushes, a fresh love. No. I tell you what, I tell you what, I have actually changed my mind on this one because I was nervous, but now I'm finding it a bit lovely. Oh, bless him. We can put partners for this one in two different categories. We could talk about conflict in the family. We could talk about the Mr. Singh moving away from his family, considering as he, this kind of like affectionate, almost denying tone that he has towards his relate wife's relationship to his parents mother any distance could be nice on that because the son's moving away walking away could be quite nice as well sonnet 29 is the one i would put with this with the devotion so much would definitely say the idea of a partner being devoted to another partner winter swans as well the they mate for life thing because these guys clearly married repetition of my bride the idea that everything is for life also the focusing in on one tiny moment the one moment they see the swans the one moment that these guys get to look at the picture of the moon when the precinct is cold if you want to be a little bit sick and twisted not saying you should but if you want to like just mess things up a little bit do a link with porphyria's lover and something to do with if you wanted to make it a obsessive or all-consuming love do a link with porphyria you could easily do a link about possessiveness with my bride my wife i'm deliberately ignoring that because i think this is so adorable that i don't want to like make it sinister but if you want to make it sinister do it just do it go for it go for it alternatively do a neutral tones or do 
A when we two parted because of the sheer misery and aggro that they go through compared to the happiness that Mr Singh goes through. I do like it. Looking into as many things in my life. First impression, wasn't feeling it. Second impression, maybe. Now, genuinely quite like it. I think it's quite sweet it's very nice the only love that he has truly he tolerates the dad says my daddy like the kid thing again but the dad's pushing him there's problems at home but the one nice thing he has is his missus when people aren't shouting at him oh bless them i just want to pinch his little cheeks my vibe after this one is again we're going to talk about a mix of cultures cultures clashing together coming together being bridged i'm gonna have a look at seamus heaney follower and storm on the island i genuinely i'm going to come out with something weird that's not in the revision guide so i'm quite looking forward to being weird on tape have a lovely evening enjoy your annotation and please be nice to the lad who works in the corner shop